Welcome. Hi, I'm Mickey, and this is Wikipedia, where I sit down and chat to doctors, professors, athletes, practitioners, and experts in their fields related to health, nutrition, fitness, and well-being. And I'm delighted that you're here. Morning everyone, hope you've had a great week. It's Mickey here, obviously, you're listening to Wikipedia. And today on the show, I bring to you a conversation that I had with one of the world's best ultra runners. And it's not just the ultra marathon distance that he excels in, he has excelled across the board during his running career and continues to do so, inspiring so many people, including me. Today, I'm talking to Mike Wardian. So he has so many achievements, it is difficult to list them all. He was the first in the Quarantine Backyard Ultra 2020. He has come second at the 100km World Championship race, holding records for the 50k and the 100k US National Championships. He has competed in the US Olympic Trials three times and he has competed in nearly 300 marathons and over 100 ultra marathons all over the world. And he does it all with such passion and such joy for the sport, all whilst holding down a full-time job and being an active and engaged dad to two teenage boys and his family in Arlington, Virginia. So we're talking to Mike Wardian today. And in addition to that, we have a giveaway from Hoka. Mike is a Hoka athlete and actually I am now a Hoka ambassador here in New Zealand and I am just so stoked because I have been running in Hoka since 2017 and absolutely love them. So to be able to connect with them and other Hoka athletes is something I truly do not take for granted. Today on the show, Hoka is giving you, New Zealand-based listeners, an opportunity to win one of their new Rincon 3 shoes. So for those of you who don't know the Rincon shoe, it delivers the best cushion to weight ratio on the market and has a redesign that features an asymmetrical tongue, a thinner pull tab and a vented mesh upper for ultimate breathability. So it melds a multitude of precision details, an impossibly light midsole with aggressive cutouts and enhanced rubber coverage for improved durability. This is a results-oriented running shoe and it's hyper-focused on weight savings. So one of the questions that I would love you to answer is what is the weight of the new Rincon 3 shoe in the US 9 size and also what was the first marathon that Mike Wardian ran in to qualify for his first Boston Marathon effort. So I'm asking a couple of things of you here. First to tell me something about the shoe. What is the weight in US size 9? And also, what was Mike Wardian's first marathon that he ran in to qualify for his first Boston Marathon? These things aren't too hard to find out. And those of you who are familiar with the Rincon will be super stoked with the new redesign of it. Now, this is a neutral shoe and it's best for road, just FYI. 
but that doesn't stop anyone who is interested in winning a new pair of amazing shoes to put their ring in the hat and so you will find a google form on my link tree in the bio of my instagram handle so click on the button there that says hoka giveaway and fill in the deets guys right so please enjoy my conversation with mike audio Morena Mike, how are you this morning? I'm great. How are you? Good, thank you. Hey, um, so I um, said good morning in Māori, which is our indigenous population language. And Mike, have you been to New Zealand? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been, I feel like four times now. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's one of my favorite places in the world. Like if uh, if you guys we're willing to accept one more person or one more family, uh, we would we would definitely take advantage of that. Well, if you came to New Zealand and then, of course, raced as a Kiwi in all of your races, <laughs> then I think that that would absolutely add value to us as a nation. <laughs> yes, that would be that would be awesome. So I've done Tarawara a bunch of times. Um, oh. And then I've done the Moon Shot Over <gasps> mountain which was fantastic that was that was really 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 terrific yeah do you know it's interesting Mike. well it's not interesting it's quite funny like as I was writing notes for our podcast because I'm super excited to chat to you about your running obviously um I thought right I'll just write a list of all of the races that I know that Mike has done and really excelled in but to be honest it was too long a list that I ended up, I almost like just looked at it and my whole, my brain went, I don't know that I can take all of this in. I had this like, how am I going to do this? So I thought, hey, it's actually just better just to get you to talk me through it. Um, okay, rather sure. than, yeah, but I did know actually, I, I, as you, as you said, when I said, have you been to New Zealand? Of course I had, I'd known that you'd done the, the shot over moonlight marathon, um, which is, an amazing event, spectacular, yep. one that I've always been just too intimidated to do because of the technical aspect of it. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I did it though, I think the week after Tarawara, so my legs were pretty trash, but um, I'm glad I had some experience with uh, running on that kind of terrain, and I feel like that one, they actually just make it kind of hard for no reason, like at the end, you run through the river, like, it had to be 50 times like oh yeah uh, inst instead of like just going on one side or the other they're like nope go to the right side nope go back to the left side nope go back to the right side but it was know, right uh, and your feet are just you know trash full of like pebbles and um <laughs> but it was it was terrific i had i had an unbelievably fun time and um and they did a great job and and the views were second to none really oh I know, right? And that's that's a, the beautiful thing about so many of the races that we've got here in New Zealand. Um, first, Mike, I want to really chat to you about your running career and, and, you know, how you've managed to stay in the sport as long as you have, and not only stay in the sport, but continue to excel in it. Um, but I will kind of kick us off by saying that you are one of the reasons why I was allowed to start a podcast because when <laughs> I was chatting to my husband about it and I'm like, babes, I really want to talk to the, you know, the experts in the field of, 
nutrition and science and physical activity and athletes that I really admire and that we love. And he's like, well, if you're going to do that, then you're going to have to reach out to Mike Wardian because <laughs> wow. he is one of the most amazing people that um, that he's followed in the running scene because you're very similar in age. You're a year younger than him. Um, okay. And so he sort of and, – and we both sort of go, oh, what's Mike up to? You know, what's Mike doing? <laughs> and when we're talking about running and Baz is telling me something, I'm like, yeah, well, what would Mike do? So uh, so um, thank you for well, your that, indirect role there, Mike. Well, that's very that's very generous. I'm, I'm glad I could help, and, and I'm glad that um, you guys are able to have those conversations and adventures. Um, so, you know, hopefully I can keep doing fun stuff, and, and, you know, maybe that is something that you guys can do also, or, or at least be inspired by. Oh, absolutely. And when I'm thinking about you and what I – Mike and and what I see particularly on Instagram it's like almost every like your love and passion for running just absolutely comes through whenever you're talking about it and even on the you know in the races that don't necessarily go your way and I'm just thinking even really recently to the 50k champs that you did um yeah the USA track and field and like you were just like, oh, look, my legs weren't in it today. Um, does it happen too yeah. often? Like what's the... Um, not not normally, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a surprise. Like I, I was sure that I wasn't in top form, but I didn't think that I was going to suffer like I did. So um, it was, it was, it is actually good to, to, you know, get a barometer of where I was. Um, mm. But yeah, it was... It was so it was surprising to me, like just to to get beat up that much by, you know, not a very long distance and mm. um and a, a pretty easy course to be honest. I mean, it's just a five k loop around like a park, you know. So there's not much vert or anything like that. So like I was pretty sure that I had you know some good endurance and you know I didn't really suffer in that aspect. It was just with the the turnover in the legs and um yeah, it was one of those things where I was I was um hoping to do a lot better than I did and you know it was it was fine I mean I I didn't run as fast as I wanted but you know I was out there and I was able to finish on a hot day and mm. um yeah it's it's one of those things man you just you, you like the the good thing uh or the bad thing I guess is I have a pretty short memory like if it goes really well I'm like oh that was awesome and if it goes really bad I'm like well you know it could have gone better yeah. Do you know, I've heard you um, describe your strategy in and around racing or choosing the races that you do, only in that so much as you could choose to do one or two key races every year and then spend your time building up to those races, right, and events. Um, and some people might argue that, hey, Mike, if you'd done that, then potentially you might excel more at that particular event. But I've heard you say, look, I just love so many different distances, so many different experiences that part of the joy of running for you is actually being involved in in racing far more frequently than that so I suppose that's one good thing is that you might have a bad race but there will be another race in a week's time or a day's time you know with, right with, with what I how I see you sort of approach it yeah and and that's the whole thing I mean like you know the week before I ran a Guinness world record in a in a kilt and like that was awesome <laughs> but it it was you know still a marathon and the week before that I 
ran across Zion Park and I said a FKT and and you know and so like I didn't I didn't you know traditionally you know if someone was going to into a big race you know they might taper or something like that and um you know it, it's you know for me that's that's not really what gets me excited and and motivated and so um you know I as you said I approach it a little bit differently than a lot of people but um for me it's worked it's worked really well and and I've had a lot of fun and and I it's it's funny because a lot of people will say like ah oh, how can you you know keep keep you know being so excited to race and and not burn out and I think that's one of the the big things about the way that I choose to do things is um you know it does keep it exciting for me and, and keeps me motivated and and it's the reason that I feel like I have been in the sport for so long. Yeah, and I feel as well, Mike, with the way that you do it, your your I mean, your race results absolutely inspire and motivate people because you are so exceptional at what you do. But I think even more than that is your passion and your love for the sport and, and what you give to the sport, you know. And I was listening to you talk on a podcast about the quarantine backyard ultra and Oh yeah. Yeah, and and you did it like well, I think was it I want to say two hundred and sixty three miles. I might be wrong, but no, that was that was about right. Yeah, that's that was about right. And and I, it's actually I was like, oh, that was pretty good. But then like recently, I've seen people just absolutely destroying it, like three hundred <laughs> miles, three hundred and fifteen miles. And so like, uh, it definitely makes me want to you know try to see how far I can go if I get another opportunity and hopefully I will this year I think I'm going to get a chance to maybe go to the the Biggs Backyard Ultra um this October so that'll be oh, that'll mate. be fun to try to mix it up and and see how far we can go especially with you know some people that are so strong oh totally and you know I loved how you were describing the ultra and one of the things you felt you really got out of it was because it was in your own backyard you know you were in your you know you were just going around in your um sort of community you had your neighbors and stuff come out and be able to cheer you on and you were like yeah. mate if I can just get one other person out there beginning to walk more or to try running themselves and and that kind of thing then you felt it was worth it to you and I just absolutely love that Mike it's that real kind of give back to the community oh thanks yeah and it's actually cool because I have had some neighbors that have actually picked up running from that time so it's been about a year since that or a little bit more maybe a year and a couple months and and there's some people in my neighborhood that have like started running because of that event and now they're runners and so like i see them out running and um it's it's cool that you know that had an impact on people yeah for sure and if i go back to your own beginning in running as i understand it it was your you know one of your mates mothers had qualified for boston and she'd gone and done boston and you were like wow, a normal person goes and does Boston. That's what I want to do. That's exactly right. It was my friend uh, Vince Voison and his mom, Vicky Voison, was the one who had, she'd actually qualified and she had come back and she she had her little medal and everything and we were having uh, Easter together. And, and that's when I was like, hey, I want to try to do that too. And she was nice enough to, and generous enough with her time to make a little training pamphlet and uh give it to me and i just kind of followed it and that's how that's really how i i started i mean before that i'd been running um but just kind of a couple miles and and that was kind of the the thing that gave me structure and and the ability to you know kind of gauge where i was and and then 
you know, I, I, I knew I wanted to run Boston and, and I didn't really know that you had to qualify. So, uh, once I figured that out, I, I kind of targeted the time that I needed and, and mm-hmm. then, you know, just scraped under there. Like I have done in so many <laughs> instances, uh, with, you know, Olympic trials or, um, you know, qualifying times in, in, in many different things, you know, it's, you kind of figure out what the parameters are and then figure out how you're going to get there. Mm. And is that the what like were your parents at all they weren't runners themselves or were they particularly active? Did you grow up in a really active family, Mike? Like Um, yeah, actually my mom was um really a great athlete. She was a field hockey and tennis player, like a all American. Um even though she was British, she came and um, to the U.S. for schooling, and so she was um, quite quite good at, at those sports. And then my dad played a little football, and he was also did a little bit of running. So I did have um, you know that from them. But uh, when we were growing up, mostly I played a sport called lacrosse, and that's kind of mm-hmm. where I put my time and energy. And um, you know, there is running in that, but it's it's not like it's not like soccer or something. Well, I guess it kind of is. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time playing that growing up. Yeah. And so you went on from like, you didn't love your first marathon experience. Is that right? No, I, I did love it. Um, I just, um, I qualified, um, but the, the goal was to run Boston. So like, uh, I was happy. I, I mean, I made a lot of the classic mistakes like you do in your first marathon. Like I had, you know, bloody nipples and I ran in like, just lacrosse shorts and um you know kind of ran out of steam at the end but um you know had enough cushion to make it in in the time and then i figured like hey if i train a little more maybe i can break three hours and so i did that and boston got me hooked once i mm-hmm. went there and, and saw the crowds and and really had that experience i was like oh, i want to do this like every weekend this is awesome yeah, that's amazing. And then from how did you sort of progress from marathon? Actually, well, it's funny, isn't it? Because oftentimes people sort of start like at 5K, at 10K and sort of work themselves up, whereas you sort of go in at marathon and then <laughs> is it ultras after that? Like how does that sort of look? Or were yeah, you- I mean, sorry to interrupt that. that yeah, that you're you're almost exactly right. Like I started with, uh, wanting to run the Boston Marathon. I think I did like a half marathon leading up to it, but like no like 5Ks or 10Ks or anything like that. And then um, once I ran Boston, I decided I was going to run all the big uh, marathons in the U.S. So like Chicago, New York, um, Marine Corps again. And, th- and then I did all those and they were all, I think those three marathons were in four weeks or five weeks. Um and so, like, everyone was like, oh, you're crazy. You can't do that. Like, you're going to get hurt. Like, you know, you're only supposed to run a fall and a spring marathon, maybe. Um, and I was like, well, I'm just going to do this and see what happens. And I noticed, like, each one I got a little bit faster. And then mm-hmm. it was just random as far as the the 50 mile. Um, my dad, um, Dick Wardian, he had seen a ad for it's funny because i was just emailing with this guy scotty mills he used to own a store in the dc area like one of the fleet feats i think it was fleet feet and um he had a a talk about the jfk 50 miler and my dad saw it and he was like you won't believe it but you can run 50 miles and i was like what i don't think that's true and so (laughs) i went (laughs) 
I went, I went to this talk and, and Scotty was talking about how, you know, like these guys run a little over six hours for 50 miles. And I was like looking at my time because, you know, since um, I, I think I ran 306 or 308, my first marathon, and then uh, the next marathon, I was like 254 and then like 240. Uh, and so I was like, well, if you just take my time and double it, I'm going to totally win this 50 mile race. Like that's just, that's just like going to happen. Um, it's just math, so, right? Yeah, it's just math. Yeah. And so of course that did not happen, but I did sign up for it and do it. And I was like, wow, that was, that was really hard. Uh, much, much harder than I thought. And it was one of those things too, where I didn't believe like at the, when I first started running, I was like, oh, it's only you and what you know, is in your body. And I thought it was like cheating to like take gels and like drink. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I've come a long way, you know, now I have all these awesome sponsors and, and hydration companies like Nathan and goo. Yeah. And, uh, but like when I first started, I was like, no, it's just you and whatever, you know, you start that you, you know, you just don't, you shouldn't like minimal drinking, like, uh, it should just, you know, be as hard as it possible. And it was just, it was just dumb. So, it's like yeah, it's, yeah. it's like how can you suffer as much as you possibly can and what does that tell yes. you about your worth as a runner you know the more you suffer yeah. the harder you are right it's almost like i don't know if you've ever uh seen the british guys that do like marathon to sob but like those oh, yeah. i feel like there's like a rite of passage and i don't know if it's the same with like the kiwis that go but like i feel a lot of those guys like make a bet in the pub and then don't really train <laughs> and 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 then like and the, it's like a point of pride that they didn't train and they just yes. suffer like for a week and those guys are the, some of the hardest baddest baddest mothers I've ever seen but like if they would have just trained just a little bit they would have <laughs> had a much better experience. Oh totally. Um, have you read David Goggins Can't Kill Me? Mike, are you a reader? Yes. I oh yeah, I I love reading. Yeah, and I was. He's somebody that it's weird. Our circles like go like this and I've done oh. like his challenge and stuff, but like we haven't really connected uh, in the sense, but man, his book was unbelievable. It's funny because I'm working on a book now and uh, I would, I would like it to be, you know, half as good as, as, as what he wrote for sure. Well, Mike, I, that's super exciting that you've got, you're working on a book like, that is awesome. I have no idea. And maybe I'm just ignorant. Probably am. Um, no, no, no. It's actually, I haven't told a lot of people. So it's just, fu it's funny. My wife, Jennifer and I are working on it and she's actually just like bought a laptop to like, you know, like start like really working on it. So it, it's, it, hopefully, you know, it'll be motivating and, and it'll be cool to put down some of the stories, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. And then if I think about um, Goggins, like I think pretty sure that he did like his first hundred miler without actually training. Like I think he signed up <laughs> on a Tuesday and did it on a Saturday or something like that. And yes, yeah, yeah. So that's you know, it's almost going back to what you were saying about the the Brits who did the marathon de Saab and and whatnot. That how how much can you truly suffer, um, Mike? Even though that you you do a lot of racing. I'm, I want to ask you about what your training looks like. As I understand it, though, you haven't really had a lot of time out being injured in your running career. I mean, most recently, I believe you, you injured yourself during a Spartan race. <laughs> I which, totally did, yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that like one of the only times that you've really been out for injury across, you know, all of these years? 
Yeah, so I guess I started running in 1996, so it's been about 25 years, and I'd say I've had a couple bouts of serious injury. The first was 2012. I had five stress fractures of my pelvis and five hernias, like, simultaneously. Uh, and that took me out from... It was it was kind of a similar timing. Uh, it took me out from, uh, like, October... September, October till January of 2012, and I started racing again in 2013. Um, and that was that was weird, you know. I had to have um, surgery for the hernias, and then I uh, had to let the stress fractures heal. And so I did a lot of aqua jogging and that kind of stuff. And then uh, this last bout of injury, yeah, I hurt myself October of 2020, um, so a little over six months ago, and. That was pretty bad, actually. I, I herniated some discs in my back, and mm. I, I I thought like, oh, maybe this is like you know the end of my running. And so when oh, you were wow. saying like, oh yeah, the fifty k didn't go as well as you were hoping, I was like, well, yeah. I mean, I didn't even think I was gonna be able to maybe walk again. So like, um, you I know, had no and idea. I, I, like I I didn't. Yeah. When I heard yeah, you talk I, about your injury, I, I did had no idea it was as bad as that because you almost yeah. seemed to kind of go yeah I sort of injured myself in October but back running in like December so yeah 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 so yeah I started running again at kind of the middle of December on the Ultra G and then uh, did tons of physical therapy and uh, got a couple of shots uh, to reduce the inflammation and that was really the trick you know once you get the mm. inflammation down um, it was it was pretty straightforward like the you know the pain was something like I'd never experienced. Like I thought I had a good handle on pain and, and that was uh, nerve pain for anyone that suffers from it or, or um, I, I hope that you, know, you can find a solution because it, it was debilitating for sure. And so like, you know, that's why, you know, I, the race wasn't as great as I was hoping, but you know, that's, Mate, that, it was yeah, amazing. That's, that, you were it, able to run. Yeah, no, it's been cool. Like I've already run a hundred miler um, back in March. And so like, it was funny because like the whole race, they're like, oh, he's like 20 minutes ahead of you. And I'm like, I just want, I'm just happy to be out here. Like, I'm yeah. just so happy just to be running. Like, yeah. you, you don't even, like, I have no aspirations other than I just want to get to the finish line. So like, um, so yeah, so it's been good to like, be able to come back from that process and like, kind of see like the endurance coming back. And now I'm starting to build back some speed. And like this last weekend, I did a couple five K's and, mm. you know, got the legs turning over and um, didn't have any repercussions from, you know, anything that I've been doing. So um, I'm really hopeful that that bodes well. And I have like hard rock coming up. So that'll be a fun, you know, big day in the mountains. And, um, and then, you know, the fall is going to be pretty crazy. At least, uh, it looks like it is based on everything I'm seeing, you know, with a bunch of events and, and so it should be pretty awesome, but yeah, so it's, it's a gradual build back up from, you know, a pretty serious injury. And, um, I'm really, really happy with how my body's responding. And, um, you know, I think a lot of that just goes to like, according to the, the people that I was talking to, and I did a lot of stuff with like one of my sponsors, MedStar and, you know, they're saying like for most people, you know, this is a pretty serious injury, but it's not like and I think that's what's cool about what we do is, you know, as runners and endurance athletes, like we have all this built up um, fitness that, you know, is uh, helpful. You know, if you do get hurt, like, 
you're not uh, in a bad position and, you know, the recovery goes much, much faster. And so, like, mm. I feel like that's what's happened for me. Mm. Mike, what went through your head when you sort of had those thoughts of, gosh, this could be it for me with regards to running? Like, like uh, yeah. It was disappointing, man. Like, I still have so much I want to do. So, like, um, yeah, that would that have been really tough. But then it's like one of those things where it's like, well, if I can't run, you know, I'll find something else. Like, I'm sure you probably get that too, is like the people that don't know running are like, oh, how do you run that much? Like, how, you know, what are you going to do? Are your knees like destroyed? And, you know, you're like, no, actually, I'm, I'm completely fine. I'm probably in, you know, a much better position than, than most people. Um, and so it's, yeah, I, I would just probably find something else to do. Um, and, yeah. you know, there's plenty of other activities. And, um, yeah, I have a lot of different, a lot of different passions. So like, um, but it would definitely try to find something that would, you know, fulfill that kinetic drive that I have. Yeah, for sure. And I was chatting to a sports psychologist yesterday, actually, about the how there's something re particularly special about exercising in nature with regards to <laughs> mental health and mental well-being. Because we were sort of just talking about what you know what draws people into an, into endurance sport, and particularly something like triathlon or ultra running, which takes a special sort of individual to not only. Yeah, to go out and do the events, but to actually sort of, you know, front up day day in, day out and do the training that it takes to do the events. And it's almost like a bit of an outlet. And I always feel particularly grateful coming back from injury, being able to do just even a 20 minute run when, you know, yep. pr prior to injury, I might have been running for like two and a half hours for a long run. And then, then, you know, back to being 20 minutes and being like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that I was able to experience that you know i'm so grateful for that it's that's a nice feeling oh it's the best man and it, it like it there and when you're really hurt and you're like man i just i just want to do like my bread and butter run you know what yeah. i mean like it just yeah. like just like a 10k would be nice or a like i have like a eight or nine mile run like around dc and it's probably one of my favorite runs in the world it goes by like the monuments and you know it, it's just it's stunning and it's it's like yeah it's it it's one it's a run i've probably done a million times and it's funny because it looks kind of phallic on uh, strava when you do it but it's like it's still like one this is one of my favorite favorite things in the world and um yeah i i, I i'm just happy that i can do stuff like that and to be able to go out there and and um put myself um in yeah in nature and and to have the chance to to do incredible things and see stuff like I, I when I and I don't know if you guys you may have seen this but a couple of weeks ago my brother sister and I ran across Zion National Park and like we've been talking about that for maybe five or six years and we just mm -hmm. have never made the time to do it and I was like this is like and that's kind of what I did the, the first time I was injured my brother and I ran across uh, the Grand Canyon the rim to rim to rim and so like um you know those are the things where uh you know with covid and the situation in the world um you know things were finally opening up and i was like i, I don't want to miss out on these opportunities like because who knows you know you could you know be hurt and, and never be able to run again and so like i made the time to do that with my family and um it was probably one of the most special runs i've had that's amazing and you're like You've achieved so much, Mike, with regards to your running biography. Like, it is unreal because it's not just the really super long distances. You know, you've you've had 
like a two seventeen marathon you you've run in your past you've you've done 50k you've done 100k you've and you've really excelled at these yeah but but I feel like it's your you know you really had that sense of just wanting to get out and get amongst it with (laughs) with the running as well you know and it's the participation and stuff which is just as important to you oh for sure yeah I mean I feel like the you know there's only one person that wins a race and like that's cool but like the chance to be out there and see people do incredible things and to be a part of that and to go places that I've never been before and kind of experience it under my own two feet. Like, I feel like, you know, you were saying like, uh, I've been to New Zealand so much and I'd say probably one of my most favorite runs in New Zealand was, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on it now, but it's like one of the famous routes, the root burn, right? Is, yes. Is that... Amazing. Yeah, and it, yeah, and I did that a couple of days after doing Tarawara, and it was just like me, and it was funny because I think Magda, Magdalena Bollet was like going the other way or something, yeah. or we were like, we weren't together, but we were kind of like, and so, um, anyhow, yeah, it was, it was, for me, it was like the, those type of experiences, like, or just uh, once I did a race in Ethiopia, and, and I was just, you know, I just had landed off of like a 14 hour flight and I just went for a run and I was like, Oh, I'll just find my hotel. It's like a mosque, you know, how, you know, I can't get that lost. And of course, like there's mosques everywhere and I couldn't find my way back, but I, you know, I spent like three hours running around the city and uh, I don't think there's anything better than, you know, just being able to get out in a new place and, and put your shoes on. And, you know, by the time you get back, you know, where the bank is, you know, where the subway stop is, you know, where the bakery (laughs) is, you know, like kind of what, what part of town maybe not to go back to, or like, you know, where you you can take the kids. And so like, that's, that's been cool. Oh, totally. And like, so you've had so many um, amazing, what's from the sounds of things, amazing experiences and races. Is there any race that particularly sticks out that you've really not enjoyed? Um, oh, let's see. Uh, I'd say there's races that I haven't had a great experience. Like most of the races I do in China, I've had really bad experiences just because I mm. get sick. Um, and so like the race courses are awesome. The people are amazing. Um, the, like my runs have just been trash. Like I've been like sick to my stomach. Like oh. I did a, um, this race called the ultra Gobi, which was super cool. It was like a self-supported, like you have to like, gps track the whole thing and um it was 400 kilometers and it took me like should have taken like three and a half four days and it took me like five and a half days or a little under five days and i just felt like i was sick to my stomach for the first like three and a half days like it was just like like chafed raw like i just it was just a messy disgusting terrible (laughs) time and so like um yeah that's a race that sticks out is just being like oh that was trash um my it was my own yeah i just i just something i eat like i i thought i brought everything to avoid that but i didn't so mike if you're in that sort of situation is there any part of you that thinks oh look i might as well just bin it (laughs) uh yeah for sure (laughs) like i i was uh like one aid station away from because I had run out of uh, chafe cream because uh, I had you and I'd used all my toilet paper like 
within the first like 30 minutes of the race and like uh and so like a day and a half in i was like i really like i i was like yeah i was in really bad spot and it was so weird i was trying to explain like i need like diaper cream like to the guy at the aid station and he had no idea what i was talking about but it was just so lucky that the organizers were at this random aid station in the middle of the desert 50k from anywhere and uh, one of the medics was there and he had some diaper cream and I swear that saved my race. But it, like if, if they weren't there, I was just going to lay there until someone came. Um, and yeah, so like, but like, I didn't think like uh, there were, I actually did drop out of a race in China, like uh, maybe the year before that or something, just because of the same thing. Like I was just so sick to my stomach. I was like, and most of the time if I drop out, it's mostly because like, I'm not so worried about me, but like, it was like really tight. And so like, mm -hmm. and it was like kind of out and back and I was just in a bad spot and I was like, I'm going to knock someone else off the trail. And mm -hmm. so like, um, you know, that's, yeah, that that's, that's been, yeah. Most of the time that's what it is. Um, mm -hmm. or like, I just, I couldn't, like I dropped out of, I think I've dropped out of maybe like seven or eight races total, but one was, I also dropped out of a race in Greece, the Spartathlon, because like somehow in Greece in September, I got hypothermic and was so chafed. Um, oh. But yeah, usually it, yeah, but like since it, it's funny because like now I have like this whole like protocol like to avoid chafing. Like I have, like I work with like squirrels nut butter, which is awesome. So I always yes. have like a, a bunch of that on me. And so like, yeah, I, did, I have like a whole protocol but yeah 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 and so mike i've mentioned your longevity in the sport a, a little bit and i've heard you say that it's your love of love for the sport that sort of keeps you in but what other things help safeguard i suppose you in running outside of the fact that you just love it like what in particular do you do maybe every day or week on week that allows you to continue to run uh well i think uh and especially people that follow me on social media they probably see like i do a lot of strength training now so probably in the last like four or five years so i'm doing like lots of um like prehab um lots of strengthening lots of um and even in like during quarantine i started doing like crossfitty type stuff and yes. so that's been that's been super fun to like get into that aspect of it and i feel like that's made me like much more uh, resilient, um, and much, um, stronger, um, and much, um, more flexible, which is weird mm. to say, like most of us runners, or at least I was not very flexible and I'm still not very flexible compared to like flexible people, but I'd say I'm way more flexible than I was. And I, I mean, that's really what matters. Um, so th I think that's, that's pretty good. I feel like I have really good support from my family and friends. So like they're, you know, they're like, oh, that's the runner guy, you know? And so like, you know, there's not a lot of pressure to, you know, take away from that, right? They know that this is like really important to me. And so like, I have like a good community around me. I think that's important. I feel like having, um, and this is going to be a plug for my sponsors, but like having people that support you to allow you to, you know, go to the races, do the training, mm. travel, um, you know, get the physical therapy when you need it or see a doctor or like, you know, I was lucky I worked with like a hospital group. And so like, you know, they got me in this group MedStar Health and they got me into their people that work with like the professional athletes in the area. Right. So like 
the big NBA team or the NHL team in the DC area. And so like to be able to see the, you know, best doctors is, is really helpful. And, um, so yeah, so I feel like having a good support system and then even like I'm a owner of a international ship brokerage and to have like my partner be supportive of, you know, my extracurricular activities and then my clients also like that's that's really important. They're always like, oh, what race are you going to now? Like, did I catch you running? Like, I'll be, you know, in the someone will want to call and I'll be like, oh, I I, oh, I know them well enough. I can just take it on a run, you know, or something yeah. like that. So like um, having that um, amount of people that are interested in and supporting what I'm doing, I think if I didn't have that, it'd be very, very difficult. Yeah, like everything that you said there, just I absolutely agree with. Like there are so many factors that you've enabled sort of to, as part of your life to allow you to continue to do what you do. And the um, um, if I just revisit the CrossFit and the Spartan stuff, it's super unusual for a runner to also <laughs> do those kind of things because, you know, for me as a runner, like I try and protect myself. I've got the self-preservation mechanism, which means that I'm very conscious of not doing things which I think, well, gosh, if I do that and I get injured and I'm injured doing something I don't really, you know, what I sort of like, but I don't love, <laughs> then I'm not right. able to run. I'm just going to be a bit like bummed out by that. Um, but I've got to say, um, I've, I've seen you do your CrossFit stuff on, on Insta and not only do I find that inspiring as another runner, but it's actually, it's just really fun as well. Like, yeah. and, and I'm rubbish as like, I'm, I move, I have very light weights. I move very slowly. My burpees are actually more about the six stage movement rather than this really fluid type thing. But I just, well, but I you agree should with you. Check I my burpees it. out today. My burpees yeah. today are trash. But yes, <laughs> like, so, so you can feel good about your burpees. I feel as well the CrossFit community. <laughs> Running, like runners are, are really unique and our community is unique and it feels really lovely to be part of that. And the CrossFit has its own community and and support network and stuff like that too so I feel like there's yes. a lot of kind of um similarities with that which might draw people to um CrossFit who might also be drawn to running I'm not sure apart from that right I idea that you know <laughs> that you might injure yourself yes yeah well and I, that being said like I haven't done any real CrossFit like I like I do it with my friend uh Tom and so like uh, like I haven't gone to like a CrossFit studio where I feel like maybe I'll, I would end up like where I push harder than I should because I'm like trying to keep up with everyone, you know? Yeah. And so like being a competitive person, like I feel like that might get me in trouble, but like I am kind of open to that. So like I've been like, I have a really awesome gym here uh, at where I am in, in Rehoboth Beach in Delaware called uh, Rise uh, or Train at Rise. And um it's it's been fun to like you know mess around there and so like i i'm hoping that i can you know find some some people to partner up with and do some fun stuff yeah no that's awesome and um and likewise i've only done crossfit stuff in my gym so i'm just a bit of a hero there um <laughs> and <laughs> you, i always you've got all the top. records yeah, yeah, yeah exactly like, exactly the, the leaderboard leader yeah <laughs> exactly hey now mike so i'm a nutritionist and i'm always super interested to hear you know how people approach their nutrition with regards to just the everyday nutrition and also of course their training and racing and as I understand it you are a vegan who does eggs and honey is that 
a good description of how you might eat or have you evolved or what's what's that look like for you? Yeah, I guess um, it's funny because like I think a vegan, I feel like that's pretty strict. Like that's like, you know, no, no eggs, no honey, like no leather. And so I, I wouldn't say I'm vegan. I'd say I'm vegetarian and I mm. eat eggs and honey. And so like uh, or like the trendy t- thing people are saying now is like I'm a plant based athlete. Right. And so like um and so yeah for the most part i'm eating you know vegetables and fruit and um and if you follow me on on social you probably see like i eat a lot of uh almond butter and honey and uh oatmeal and so like uh so i i work with uh some awesome companies like stoked oats and uh big spoon roasters that um supply me with uh the stuff that i love to eat and and now i have my own like beehive so hopefully like i don't know if i'm gonna get like honey this year but hopefully next year i'll have my own honey so like that'll be pretty awesome that is awesome and have you always been vegetarian mike or is that something you've just done sort of in your adult years uh yeah actually so i picked up um i stopped eating red meat in high school um so like in the early 90s um and then i stopped eating chicken and shellfish and seafood or seafood in um, college. So like right around the time that I found running. Uh, and then I went all the way to vegan and then came back to eating eggs and honey. And mm. so like, uh, so I've probably been a uh, vegetarian for over 25 years also. So oh, it's wow. pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what does a typical day's food look like for you, Mike? Um, I can tell you what I had today. Um, Go on. And it's pretty, pretty typical. Like I had, um, some kind of bread, uh, with almond butter and honey on it. Um, sometimes banana. Um, and then I had a bowl of oatmeal, uh, with, um, blackberries, like basically like a whole pint, like, uh, mm. <laughs> like, so a whole pint of blackberries and a banana and a half. Um, and that was breakfast and then just water. Um, and then let's see for lunch, I had, what did I have? Oh, I had, uh, like a pita, uh, mm-hmm. with, um, tomato and, uh, I guess you guys, do you guys call it rocket or is it just, uh, we just it call is it rocket. lettuce. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, tomato rocket and then a bunch of hummus. Um, and that was kind of lunch. And then, uh, I just had like a snack with some like crackers and more hummus. Um, so yeah. Delicious. So obviously you like, um, lots of really good, healthy and, uh, food, which is awesome. Um, any supplements that you take, Mike? Um, not really, not at the moment. So like there's, I've worked with a company, um, I work with goo. So like they Mm. have some, they have some products, uh, that I've used in the past, but mostly it's just, um, just whole food, natural stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, no real, no real supplements at the moment. And when it comes to training, do you take nutrition with you on long training runs? Uh, it depends how long. So I'd say most of the time, no. So if it's uh, up to like three or four hours um, and then if it's much longer than that, I'll take like an almond butter and honey sandwich. I'll take some like goose with me. Um, I'll take some uh, like little packets of like nuts or something like that. Um, 
and it depends too on like pace and like if mm. I'm in the mountains or if I'm going to be on the roads or what it you know where I am and what I'm doing. But yeah, and then just kind of like um, some, uh, I'll have like a vest on with some water. Um, yeah. But yeah, you uh, most of the time if it's up to like twenty miles, I'll take nothing for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll run fasted, um, just just because that's you know. I feel like it's nice to to get those runs in, and if you feel bonky or whatever, then you just got to power through it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, your body responds as well, right? So once you do start, like, oh, no, I'm having the wall. You just wait 15 minutes, then your liver's like, okay, good. Got this glycogen, getting it back into your bloodstream, this glucose. Um, yeah. What about racing? So obviously it's going to differ. It's going to differ, right? Depending on whether you're running a, you know, a fast marathon versus you're out in, in a mountain for eight hours. But do you right. have it in your head that you're going to be structured around um, around your nutrition or anything like that? Yeah, for yeah, for a marathon or like fifty k, it's probably it's mostly like. Um, some kind of like calorie, um, dense, um, like mix. Mm -hmm. Um, so goo has like roctane or there's, you know, there's other products. Uh, and then I'll take gels. Um, so I'll take like a goo every four miles. Um, so I guess for you, that's uh, maybe every six Ks or so. Yeah. Um, and so like, I'll, um, I'll do that. Um, for up to like 50k or so if it gets much longer than 50k or if, it, if it's like a mountain race then i'll add in like a sandwich i'll add in some avocado I'll add in some soup um and especially if you're going slower right like so if mm. you're trying to go super fast um it, it's like easy to eat super fast stuff like gels maybe uh chomps um or we have like goo has chews, right? Um, yeah. And then there's like those stroop waffle type things, right? So like super engineered um, foods that are are easy to eat. And then um, again, if it's like longer or slower, then I'll add in like avocado with salt, uh, coconut water, um, almond butter and honey sandwiches. Again, like I just it's basically like I eat like I do normally for the most part. Like sometimes I'll have like you know oatmeal or like um applesauce like they make these really like easy like applesauce packets that you can mm. get um but yeah it's super simple yeah yeah and it and it is really whole food based which is you know great and maybe in part that's one of the one of the things that could have kept you in the sport for a little bit longer is your like it seems like you focus on that really good nutrient dense type food right where yeah i try to yeah mm. for, oh oh that's what i had for my wife makes this awesome like barley soup so it's like mm. a gazillion vegetables and uh that's what i had for lunch i was yeah. like trying to remember but that's exactly what i had yeah you were right it's like squash and zucchini and carrots and like barley um in oh, like yum. a vegetable broth yeah, yeah it's really good. Like, it's weird, though, because it's really, really warm here. And her friend was making fun of her for making something hearty. And I was like, oh, I just ate it cold like gazpaccio. But oh, it was yeah. Great. <laughs> oh, delicious. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what about your training, Mike? So how do you fit it in? And, I, and obviously, there's a little bit of flexibility with your work because you can literally work and run at the same time if if required but you well know, like, sometimes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so um day in day out do you you say you train fasted so I assume that's like morning morning training session yeah is that 
sort of how it works for you, morning or is it afternoons as well? And and how, do you have a particular mileage that you might hit week week in, week out? Yeah, so it's like when, so being at the beach, I've been waking up later, but normally it's like 4.45 or so. Um, mm-hmm. And then I usually am doing a CrossFit workout with my friend or like a functional fitness workout. And then I come back and run after that. Mm. Uh, at the beach, I've actually inverse that a little bit. So I've been running around 637 or so in the morning. And usually that's like eight to 10 miles. Um, and then I'll go and do like a, a workout later in the day. And so mm-hmm. like, that's kind of what I've been doing. But for maybe the last like, 15 or 20 years, I was doing a lot of just run commuting. So now I work from home, but like I would just run like 10K to the office, 10K back and then do something at lunch. So like that's something that it's been weird. Like I haven't been doing, um, you know, that that kind of double um, as much, um, Mm. but that's something like I am planning to get back to like because I feel like that was actually a really good uh, distance. Like it's not super long. But it's been nicer to get some longer runs in in the morning. So, like, I, I feel like it's kind of a balance, right? And so um, so I'd say as far as, like, weekly miles, I'd say I've been less uh, since I've been coming back from injury. So it before, I'd say it was probably, like, 70 to 110 miles a week. So, like, that's a little over 100K to, like, I don't know, 160K or so. Um, and then... Uh, since the injury, I've been more like 60 to, I think my max has been like 110 miles. Um, so, wow. um, so yeah, but it's been, it's been, I, I've been taking it pretty carefully with the build up yeah. and coming back from the injury. And so like, yeah, I, I'm planning to get back to bigger mileage because next year my big goal is to run across the country. So I need to lay down some serious volume between now and then. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah, it should be and, awesome. I'm so yeah. excited for it. Oh, I would be too. And you're because um, you obviously you will know of if not friends with Zach Bitter, who is um, he's oh, yeah. preparing for his transcontinental um, run in September, and I've been following just his podcast and and stuff and listening to you know how he's kind of approaching it week in week out, and you know there is something special about the likes of you and Zach, and I would put Camille Heron into this category as well of just your ability to absorb. For the most part, obviously you're coming back from injury right now, but for the most part, your ability to absorb like quite high mileage is yeah. I feel almost makes you a bit of an outlier with regards to. Um, being able to do that because not a lot of us could probably um, uh, be quite so or have quite the same mileage and get the same benefits from it I suppose yeah exactly but yeah I've been I I, I definitely need to build back up like yeah. it's been it's, it's been um, gradual but it's it's something that I, I I I really enjoy it, so it's actually hard not to do as much miles. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's been it's been I think the probably the right approach this time. Yeah, and Mike. So injury aside, how has your training sort of evolved over the years? You know, if you've been running since like mid nineties to now, like has it has it changed a lot um, outside of the injury, or have you been pretty consistent with your method and approach? Um, I'd say it's actually changed um, quite a bit. Like I, I'd say when I was younger, I would. Um try to hit triple digits like every week, no matter what. Um, yeah. and now I'm a little bit more like, 
since I got hurt in 2012, I'm a little like, well, if if I'm got a niggle or there's something you know going on, like I'm much more willing to be like, okay, that's cool. Let's just stay healthy. And so, like, I feel like uh, I'd rather, um, yeah, I'd rather run less miles and be able to run than you know have like a bunch of like hundred mile weeks and be completely on the on the side of the road, not able yeah, to yeah. do anything. And so I'd say that's evolved. And then the strength training, like I just, I just never did that before. I was yeah. like, I'm just going to run and that's all. And so like adding in cycling and, and strength training, I say is the biggest difference. And I really noticed like there's the Delta or the difference between, you know, when I was doing, you know, just volume and, um what i'm doing now is is not that great for what i'm doing right like if i was trying to run like a sub 217 marathon like i might have more of an issue with like hey you're not you know you don't have as much high end speed and endurance but like for like the stuff where i'm just going out and grinding in the mountains or i'm just going going and running for a long time like it 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 hasn't seemed to impact me that much. Um, and yeah, I feel like I'm way awesome. stronger at, at the longer stuff now than I ever have been. And I've really kind of figured out, and I'd say like the nutrition also, like that's something like before, where if I'd run for more than like, you know, I don't know, seven or eight hours, I would just start throwing up. And I feel like I've really, really done a much better job of, you know, handling my stomach and being able to keep going for really extended periods of time and really have a better feel for like what I need to do. And I'd say also like my self-reliance has grown. Uh, and so like, I'm much more comfortable just going out on my own with like um, whatever I need and just being like, Oh, okay. I mean, and I think that's, I have to thank Laz and, and the people at the Barkley marathons, like, because you know, they don't come get you. Like there's no, like there's no safety net. And so um yeah, just and also like I have to thank the guys at FKT because I've started doing so many of those and I think I have over 20 or something and those you know you kind of have to plan them yourself, you know, you mm-hmm. have to coordinate it all or you just do it on your own and so like uh it's just made me much uh more well-rounded as an athlete. Yeah, that's amazing. And I and I feel like you're and I I got that sense of that sort of well-roundedness even just looking at the different I mean the different events that you you do the Spartan racing and and stuff that you've done in the past like you sort of you seem to not shy away from sort of putting yourself out there to to challenging yourself <laughs> to fail. To run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but isn't but you know like it's it's such a cliche that people say you know you need to in order to succeed you need to, you need to fail over and over and over again and I mean who knows you know there is absolute I would absolutely agree <laughs> to to a lot of that but. I love that even though you're competitive um, and oftentimes with when people are really competitive, they're a little bit, well, they can be scared of failure, but that might not necessarily be you, Mike. Right. Well, I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to do stuff that you're good at, right? Like, yeah. it's, it, I mean, it's, it's, you know, if, if you, if, and especially if you want to see how good you can get, right? Like, mm. so like, it, and maybe that's why you, you have that sharp focus on something, but like, uh, I do think that there's room for, you know, running in costumes and like doing a Spartan race or um, I or like I don't really drink, but I'm going to do a beer mile in a couple of weeks because like mm. my friend hasn't done one. And, you know, why not? It'll, it'll be fun. And so, like, um, I think there's, you know, there's there's definitely a time and place for for everything. And if you can, um, 
you know, find something that gets you excited, um, then, you know, I, I just, I don't eat donuts. And a couple of weeks ago I did like a half marathon where you ate like 13 donuts to raise money for charity. <laughs> and so, yeah, actually that's another thing that I've been doing more of is like trying to you know, use my running to, to help people. And, and so like, I've done a lot of more charity type stuff and, and I hope that I can continue to do that. You know, I feel yeah. like that's a great way to, to do something uh, that you love to do and, and help somebody in the process. Like that's a win-win. Oh, look, 100% agree with you. And um, with regards to the running in costumes, because obviously I think are you the fastest person to win a marathon dressed up as Elvis Presley or something <laughs> that like that? True. That yes, is true. That is true. But there is a guy in – that's beaten my record by about a minute, so I need to get it back. So that's that's on my that's on my list of of things to do. Well, do you know I'm surprised that you haven't tried, and maybe you have, but I'm pretty sure last time I looked in Guinness Book of Records, which admittedly was a number of years ago now, uh, someone had dressed up as an orange and ran a marathon in four hours thirty, and they were apparently <laughs> the fastest piece of fruit to run a marathon, and I was like really? Four hours 30? Surely I could like dress up as a banana and like kick that record, but I have yet to actually do so. So, you know, if you're looking oh, you for other should, things. Man. You should, man. You should. That is, I feel like someone has done a pretty fast banana marathon, but like, yeah, that, sure, there, yeah. there's, uh, and I also, I, I have a friend that has like this cool Steelers Mexican wrestling one. So I want to do uh, dressed up as a Mexican wrestler. So um, that's that's definitely something on my list. Oh, so awesome. Now, can we just finish up, Mike, and you tell me about the your big goal for running across America? Like, what does that actually entail? Um, well, hopefully um, it's going to happen in 2022. Um, so I was hoping to do it in 20, uh, 2020, and then the pandemic happened, and so I didn't do it then. And then... Uh, I was hoping to do it this year, and I realized that um, with my responsibilities at my job that I just need someone to help me, so we hired somebody, so like, I'm getting that person trained, my friend Mark, so thank you, Mark, um, and so hopefully um, by next year, there'll be uh, a support system in place for me to be able to <laughs> disappear for yeah. a little while and uh achieve this goal that i want to do and so i want to run from um somewhere on the west coast probably san francisco to um right here on the east coast um in delaware i think and so yeah. um and i haven't really chosen the route because i'm trying to figure out like i need to get sponsors for it i need to like plan the route uh and and it's really hopefully going to be a culmination of everything i've learned over the course of my career so like amazing um, you know running big miles each day navigating you know terrain and um you know working with your crew because it's like one of those things where it's like you can't only go um as long as you have people that are willing to support you and so like yeah, yeah i i gotta try to figure all that stuff out so now you made me like want to listen to zach's podcast because maybe he's figured it out better than i have well, no, he's just he he's he's just further down the line of doing it, right? So he's just a yeah. year ahead of you. So you should actually yeah. absolutely kind of hook into that. And the um, yeah. and you probably also need like a film crew to do some sort of Netflix documentary because that would be I would love to watch the entire process. Yes. Would be so awesome. Yeah, I feel like that would be really cool. Like to um to have somebody chronicle it, just because I feel like. When I ran across Israel a couple of years ago, having Ian Corliss there, I really captured the imagination of people and, and I think made it more real for people because, um, 
yeah, it's it's going to be one of the most incredible things. I think that you know anyone um, that that I've talked to that's done it says it's life changing, and and I hope it is for me too. Amazing, and you know, Mike, outside of that. No, you know, following your journey, I feel for a lot of people allows them, provides the same thing for them. Like they, they guess like we are so inspired by you and what you do because you are, you are like a professional runner who isn't actually a professional runner in the sense that <laughs> you have a full-time job, you know, you have a life, you have a family, you have other things outside of running, but you manage to sort of do it all and your enthusiasm for it is so inspiring. So um, I'm really excited to see the, I, I guess the, um, how you develop your idea and then of course um, going on and, and um, following that across the next year oh, or so that's awesome thank you thank you very much yeah I, I think it'll be it'll be cool it's it's kind of a lifelong dream and so like to you know to to even just start it like I don't I mean it, my goal is to make it across but like just to you know go and 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 put my feet in the Pacific Ocean and and then you know hopefully get my feet to the Atlantic Ocean like oh man so can't wait to be like Forrest Gump Man, oh yeah awesome. it will be so awesome and then maybe one of your sons or both of your sons might join you on a few legs of the uh oh yeah i'm hoping man it's, <laughs> yeah it's uh there there are a couple of states that they've been to many places around the world so there's a couple of states that uh my wife haven't hasn't been to and you know hopefully we can design the route so that you know they get to experience that a little bit and uh, I'm assuming they're not going to be there for all the journey, but I'm hoping they can join me at points for sure. Awesome. Well, they'd probably love to be there their entire time because that would mean you wouldn't have to be in school, right? How awesome would that be? As a kid? <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking about myself and my 15 year old self, you know, and what I yeah. probably would have quite liked. Mike, right. thank you so much for your time um, this morning or this evening for you. I really appreciate it. And look, you are um, very well, uh, you know, you're on Instagram all the time and you were very approachable when I reached out to you and you're very responsive. So thank you so much for that. Is Instagram the best place for people to sort of um, keep an eye on what you're doing? Yeah, I'd say um, I'm on Instagram at, at Mike Wardian. That's M-I-K-E-W-A-R-D like dog, I-A-N and Twitter. And then um, that's the same handle on Twitter. And then I'm also on Facebook. So like, I know a lot of my friends in New Zealand, um, prefer Facebook or seem to. So like, um, I'm Michael Wardian on Facebook and I have like an athlete page. And, um, so yeah, there's, there's a way to just like that. I haven't gone to like TikTok yet or anything like that. <laughs> you know, you're like most people over the age of 40 also haven't gone yes. to TikTok. That's fine. That's We're not yeah. going to hold that against you. Uh, Mike, thanks so much. And um, uh, I look forward to yeah, seeing how you go. All right. Well, thanks very much for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, team, hopefully you enjoyed that as much as I did. So great following Mike on Instagram. He, What I love about it is that he takes all facets of his running, the strength training, the CrossFit stuff, the runs, and he just does it with such dedication. And you can see that he is just relishing in the fact that he's still able to do what he loves. And look, he's only a couple of years older than I am. And I feel like we share that same sort of 
passion for wanting to do it and for as long as humanly possible and I think that he's really got that in a really good mix of rest recovery strength and running for him to be able to do that so uh, don't forget that if you're interested in winning that pair of Hoka Rincon shoes you need to tell me what the weight of the US 9 Rincon 3 shoe is in addition to what Mike's first marathon was that he ran to qualify for Boston Marathon. Okay team, until next week, you can find me over on Facebook at Mickey Willardin Nutrition, on Twitter and Instagram at Mickey Willardin, and over on my website, mickeywillardin.com, where you can sign up to my recipe portal access. I've just uh, loaded up on there actually a new protein cereal, a black bean brownie, and um, a bunch of different salads, so that's pretty delish. You can sign up to one of my meal plans, such as my Fat Loss for Women, my Man Plan, or my Real Food Nutrition Plan. And with those, you get weekly meal plans, shopping lists, and the ability to ask me any questions through our online portal, or book in for a one-on-one consultation for more individualized advice. And next week on the podcast, I'm sitting down with one of my nutrition heroes if you like, uh, Professor Stu Phillips from McMaster University who is an absolute protein guru. So absolutely look forward to that one. Until then though, you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening. Review this on your favourite podcast platform. Like, share, subscribe, do all the things that help get us visible and keep this podcast going. Thanks team. See you later.